this time on 10,000 Posts. Uh, I just like suddenly realized that we have been going for like an hour and a half and we've literally just chatted. Um, and if we could have a little sync point from you. Um, so I'm just going to say one, two, three, clap. If you clap when I say clap. One, two, three, clap. Beautiful. That was really good. Really good from Amber. Really oh, happy with that much. one. No, yeah, no, that's yeah, really, really I, good. <laughs> I did have to put my, my microphone between my knees in order to do that. Right, so. Yours was lovely, but I have like, I've complimented <laughs> yours before. So um, yeah. I mean, I expect it every time now. I actually expect okay. them to escalate. So if you could like send me flowers. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll organize that after we're done. <laughs> a little embarrassing that I had to remind you to do that, honestly. Yeah, it, it is. And you know what? That's my bad. And I feel like you've only just forgiven me for making you watch Fifty Shades. So I don't um, know that I have forgiven you for that. It's going to take time. <laughs> <laughs> that is completely fair. All right. You know, I hate to ask, you know, you hate to ask uh, someone to buy you flowers, right? Because mm-hmm. then it doesn't really mean anything once they do send them to you. Um, so right. maybe like think of something on your own that you can okay. surprise Brax with. Yeah. Something much yeah. more expensive sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. How do you, how do you feel about like... I'm not going to say a tennis bracelet, like... but like a, like a tennis, tennis bracelet. bracelet. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's a tennis bracelet? It's I don't for know rich people. Oh. I, yeah, I don't even 100% know what it is, except that it's a type of bracelet with diamonds. It's yeah, a, it's a diamond bracelet that like trophy wives wear. It's like something you would collect um, so that you, once, once your lover breaks up with you, you still mm-hmm. have some like way to support yourself because uh, then you <laughs> sell the tennis bracelet. What's the, what's the connection with tennis? Uh, rich oh. white people also play tennis is what I always assumed it was. Okay. That's what I think so too, but I don't actually know the etymology of the phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Some sort of sketchy etymology going on there. Um, Yeah, it's not. It's not a bracelet that you wear while playing tennis. I mean, probably not, just because it's expensive. And I think if you just did the wrong wrist flick, it would just like just shatter diamonds onto the tennis court, like like a tennis charm dangling no, off that's a charm bracelet yeah it's a charm bracelet that's not a tennis bracelet no that's no. for moms that's not for trophy wives yeah that's like yeah. So, <laughs> it's so mom coded i love it yeah <laughs> what do the rich guys buy their trophy wives over there it's not a tennis yeah. bracelet what do y'all get um that's a great love, question uh respect. cosmetic surgery <laughs> oh <laughs> seems yes. to be the big the that's big trophy wife gift I think. Yeah. But you can't sell that once your husband you leaves not you for a 20-year-old. You can't sell your no. fake tits out of yourself. I hope. Well, I mean, like, let's write this down. That sounds yeah. like a business <laughs> waiting to happen. Tit I resale. Mean, yeah. There are, like, a lot of celebrities getting their, uh, like, BBLs taken out and, like, mm-hmm. their fake tits, like, reduced. Uh, so, Which I do not support, by the way. Oh, I don't either. I'm like, I think go make for it, it bigger, if anything. Yes, <laughs> I like. I, I don't. I don't like it because um, it took me until like well into my twenties for my body shape to become fashionable. And if it's like not fashionable anymore, what am I supposed to do? Exactly. I am very worried. I think heroin <laughs> chic is coming back, and I'm like, what? Um, no, I'm is, a woman. Is, that was is, cool when I was sure. a twelve year old. <laughs> 
It is for sure coming back. Like the other day I tried to buy a pair of jeans and almost like burst into tears in a shop because yep. I was just like, what? No. It, tur- it turns no. out that I am just a size that simply doesn't exist. <laughs> because all jeans are now cut for a completely, a completely flat bum. Mm-hmm. And like, yes. you know, like, no that's shaming. nothing for me. Yeah. Like flat, American like, flat Eagle. Oh, okay. You know what? American actually, Eagle has a curve. I actually, I actually have a pair of American Eagle jeans that I got in a charity shop and they fit really well. This is a great call. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, I was in a store the other day and I saw a size that I've never seen before, uh, which was negative two. There was a tag on oh, a I, pair of pants and I the size that. on it was negative two. I oh. have never flown off the handle so fast or so completely. We're not doing that. We're not doing negative numbers. I, I, I feel like we spent a lot of time trying to unlearn this shit only to do it again. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it again. I'm, I'm, I'm tapping out this time. I have tits and hips and I got to put them somewhere. Gotta We're put not doing somewhere. negative two. Somewhere. I, went, I went shopping yesterday and I found out that in like a kind of really normal high street shop, I am, yeah, like I said, a size that doesn't exist. I take a like a like a like a six eight, and then my tits and my bum are somewhere between a ten and a twelve. And I'm like, that this isn't something which I can do. Like, what am I genuinely? What am I supposed to do apart from like cut up garments and stitch them all together? Uh, go fuck yourself that. is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, that's I think. what I'm supposed yeah. to do. <laughs> Wear leggings for the rest of my life and go fuck myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, mm-hmm. good. Glad we got that. Now we got that covered. I'm just gonna just gonna introduce the show. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why on earth not? Hello and welcome to another episode of Ten Thousand Posts, the podcast about how everything is hosting i am your host phoebe roy and i have no co-host today because hussein has been sent to live on a farm but uh, don't worry about him he's fine <laughs> he can like he can like run around in the fresh air there's lots of weeb shit there for him to play with other podcasters we are social creatures but he's not supposed to talk to them because oh. like you know like because then he starts like starting other podcasts and uh-huh. and he's just got Dangerous. he's just got married and his wife is not keen for him to have any more <laughs> no, <laughs> wife is. no no wife is it's a, like like it's a low wife profession it really really is mm-hmm. um yeah so today really excited to be having a tarts only episode um i've been try- trying to work uh, trying to get this uh going for two years now um and so i'm really excited to welcome rax king and amber rollo from the low culture boil podcast which is excellent and which you should listen to and yeah welcome ladies who's gonna say hi first i didn't want to talk over hi thank you for having us it's me rax Hi, thank you so much for having us. This is me, Amber. I also didn't want to talk over Rex. I'm like looking at Amber for signs that she's about to open her mouth, not wanting to be that fucking guy. Anyway, Phoebe and I are old friends at this point. We just podcast together all the time now. Yeah, it's what we do. It's what we do. It's a whole thing. Um, 
I uh, got Rax to watch uh, Fifty Shades of Grey for uh, Masters of Our Domain for the movie Corner. And she's still pretty mad at me. So I'm assuming that she's going <laughs> to uh, sabotage the recording in, in some way. I'm just going to scream while anyone else is talking. Okay. Yeah, well, that's cool. <laughs> That was a pretty good scream. No, I'm done. I can't that make that noise anymore. That was yeah. such a good scream. It sounded like a kind of capuchin monkey. Mm, yeah, I like that. really that's, good. That's so nice. Thank you. I worked really hard on it. Amber, do you want to try a scream? Mm, I don't want to do the same scream. <laughs> yeah, you know? I was like, uh, okay, I don't want to like... It. Okay. Uh, so I'm like trying to do my own version of a scream, and uh-huh. I feel it'd be more guttural, like oh, like oh, like George of the I... Jungle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, oh, yeah. I like that. Good. Yes, okay. yes, swinging on okay. vines, all that. Yeah, okay. I hope I didn't hurt your ears. Okay, no, no, no. It was uh, it was a, a beautiful. <laughs> it, was a, it was very <laughs> powerful, very virile scream. It was, it was it was very powerful. It felt very it felt very primal. Very sisters oh. under the moon, and you know we simply love to see it. I I commit fully when I yeah. do a, a scream into absolutely, a and I respect that utterly. You asked me to. <laughs> you asked for it. I did. Like you, like you genuinely can't can't claim that I did not specifically <laughs> seek out that thing that just that just happened. Um, yeah. So I uh, invited you ladies on to talk about. Uh, basically like your lives in posting i just want you to tell me lots of embarrassing anecdotes about Mm. posting that's what i that's what that's what we're here for we're here to tell on ourselves so yes so let's so let's get into it so i'm just gonna ask you some um, questions um but before we do i believe rax has a post to share with the class Uh, so rax let me Get the, let me get the wording here exactly right. Phoebe had asked uh-huh. me to bring to this recording session some post from some point that lives uh, rent-free in my head, is how she mm-hmm. described it. <laughs> and I knew right away which one. Uh, it's the one that goes like this. Ew, she fucked the weed man for weed. And that's a quote. <laughs> and it's being spoken by a bitch that's fucking the text man for texts. I think about what? that post every day of my life. It's it's a beauty, isn't it? It's a it's a modern beauty. I think that I think that uh the sheer possibilities for digital writing are just not being made proper use of by the kind of creative and artistic industries. Like, I think that like very, very sincerely. Like we've actually already discussed the text man for text. I assumed post that someone on this, would- on this show, someone like was it Alana or was it or was it Ma- or was it Magda? It was one of the Mal girls. We're all kind of the same. It's cool. <laughs> I wouldn't confuse you with anyone, Rats. Because I still, I still I still owe you a tennis <laughs> bracelet. And I don't want this is the thing. I don't want to, I don't want the expense to kind of escalate out of my control. Like just about the tennis bracelet is fine. Yeah, I mean, it's going to. Like, you really, there's no stopping this train, but it's nice that you want to prevent that, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I would quite like to prevent that. Yeah, Um, yeah, It's just like, it's just, it's just such a good post. It's so, what's the word? It's so evocative. 
because like it's like it's a it's a gut punch when you see it mm. because it just makes you remember all the times you all the text, text men. man for texts mm-hmm. yeah. all the yeah. text, yeah. text men all they the should text. make a so movie many. out of that post they the they should, only yeah. post that i know for sure they made a movie out of and it was a really good movie uh, was Zola's super long yeah. thread, you know, and the movie was great. Yeah. The movie Zola was great, but I feel like I that just tells, it. yeah, it was excellent. I've, I've seen it a few times now, uh, hmm. but it, that should just tell us that there should be more movies based specifically on posts, especially this yeah. one, because yeah, it's just, it's every love one. story. Yeah. Like, like they, wasting their time making, like making books out of, like making movies out of self-help and this, this is self-help. Like, I'm, I'm sure that like thousands of women have reconsidered their dating lives based on this post. Yes. It's like, like a light, a, a, yeah. a light bulb turning on yeah. in your head. You're like, oh my God, this is, this is what I've been doing. I've been yeah. getting absolutely nothing out of this. Yeah. I'm no, you've been I'm getting texts. Text. I've been fucking the I've text. I've been getting good. text messages. Yeah. Sometimes, because they had, never text I've, reliably. I've had to text people for this. Oh, no. Yeah, I've given text messages. Yeah. yeah. I'm fucking the text man for not enough texts, generally. Yeah, exactly. Generally, yeah. yeah. Like, in, like in, in the main, he's not holding up his end of the bargain on the text front. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. It's like that stupid song, uh, for every kiss you give me, I'll give you three. I always think oh, of that. I'm like, for every text you give me, I'll give you three. <laughs> Ouch. Oh my, my, God. Oh yeah. my consciousness. <laughs> oh, my God. oh. Uh, it is but, uh, like because men, like straight men, I don't know what I don't know what the gay men are up to, but straight men don't text very much. No, they uh you know what? It's never the one that you want who texts a lot. That's what the, yes, the yeah. dynamic has been for me. Cause you know, I like to have four or five dudes kind of biting on the bait at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I like to yeah. always have someone to text because together they make up one single fully functional texting being. If you have just yes. one, you're never going to get enough texts. If you keep a few in your stable, you always will. But then there's, it's the ones I like the least who text the most yeah. reliably. Most assiduously. But do you think that like somewhere it's because, because you are of contemptuous of them. You know, I, in some they're cases, actually giving you too much of what you want, which is the text. In some cases, yes, definitely. But I also think that uh, I'm just attracted to a type of man who happens to suck shit at texting. I am dating mm-hmm. a 41 year old man right now, and I, that's sort of the type of dude I like. Is like dad aged guys, and they mm-hmm. suck shit at texting as a class so i guess what i'm trying to say is hot older dudes get your shit together i need a response soon (laughs) and more than you think an exclamation point like please give me uh more than a period i would love an exclamation point if you say you're doing fine i know because you're 42 years old that you are doing fine Mm -hmm. uh and that is true but like hmm the emotion behind it i i just i need more I, I need more and if i and i need you to know that if i text you that i'm doing fine quote unquote mm. period i am 
seething with rage. I'm in danger. I'm in danger. (laughs) Yeah, please come save me. You need a wellness check if you're ever doing fine, period. They don't know about the periods. They think a period is just a normal piece of punctuation. It's not. You see, this is really interesting. In fact, it should never be used in text. It Mm -hmm. doesn't need, you just, just leave it blank at the end. I didn't know about this rule. Until, man, like, you're a man. Quite recently. <laughs> okay, so right here's like here's here's the framing because my boyfriend is bi, so he has like the texting sensibility of a gay guy and the brevity of a straight guy. So that's like mm. a kind of interesting, interesting texting dynamic. Um, yeah, and I put a full stop at the end of a text, like I don't know, like a year ago or something. And he was like, wait, what's wrong? And I said, nothing. Why, why would something be wrong? And he was like, well, you're mad at me. What, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm not mad at you. What Has something happened in the interim that I've had some kind of horrible blackout and I've like done something awful in that blackout? But like, no, 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 no. And he was like, you put a full stop at the end. And I was like, so what is what does that mean? And he said, you know what it means. <laughs> turns out, it turns out. I'm co- I'm coded as a man. I mean, I I have two podcasts, and that's that's a yeah man um, man tree man yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh. okay oh. well we learned my, something today we learned that Phoebe is my an interloper <laughs> this is my this is my coming out show it's been a long time coming let's be honest uh yeah so yeah it's it's such a good post thank you for reminding me of it um it's very good it's my I was favorite. Try- I was- it's it's just so good. It's so good. I was trying to think of what I would um what I would come up with myself, and the best one I could think of is the is the Muppets one about hating the pig girl. Oh, I hate her with my life. Yeah, she does not leave the frog alone. The lizard, the not, lizard alone. Oh, the lizard alone. <laughs> yeah, it's not even a lizard. Oh right. my god, lizard. it's not it's even a complex lizard. She was stew. disgusting. She was a disgusting. I hate her with my life, and I think any. Any post which has found its way into your speech and your kind of lexicographic thinking, lexicographic thinking is, I think, something kind of worthy of note. Because, you know, you know, every so often, like some like pedant or like or otherwise bore uh, starts going on about like how many phrases and words were originated by Shakespeare. (laughs) Um, And I kind of want there to be a similar kind of linguistic survey of how many words just like originally come from post or like how many like my how many kind of normal ways of expressing yourself because like adding with my life to the end of a sentence is just become completely just like normal and thoughtless for me like with my life love it with my life all of it yeah yeah Yeah. i i'm trying to think of what post I would say and I just keep on thinking of the alpha masculinity ones uh racks but Amber I feel about like you're guy. about five minutes out from like actually converting to a believer in alpha masculinity's doctrine and you're giving me a look right now like you have already made the conversion and now you're about to tell me the good news because you keep bringing up his posts so often <laughs> like every time we podcast together I know I can't it's stuck in my head and then this one specifically about posting but it 
I do not not believe that really alpha trad men should talk less. I think I don't think that's a bad thing to believe. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I I I think I would have to say a, the drill one where he says the where he lists the groceries. Mm-hmm. Where he's like food, two hundred dollars data, one hundred fifty dollars rent, eight hundred dollars candles, three thousand six hundred dollars utility, one hundred fifty. Someone who is in the economy, please help me budget this. My family is dying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's very it's uh, it's just so good because it seems so much like all the posts that are like millennials are are not are not making it because they buy too much avocado toast. Mm-hmm. Uh, millennials have like an unrealistic spending habit. Like here's the best way to spend your money in order to eventually buy a house. And we're like, no, we, no, we can't actually. That's not a possibility. At least that's how I read it. Yeah. I, re- I, I read this article today, which um, I shouldn't have read because I knew it was going to make me angry. It was, which is about, it was a, it was a Generation Z young lady writing about why she likes tv shows and books which are like about the millennial experience um and i was like okay just gonna just kind of commit some like very mild self-harm this morning by reading this piece of shit article written by a 23 year old which I didn't know is gonna make I didn't know it was gonna make me angry. That's too um, young to be writing articles. You're not gonna like it in a year. You're get your brain yeah, is still like, forming. Right, yeah. Like I think if you're 23 and you're not just like out doing eyeball shots, then like what are you doing? You're not living your life right. You should be pitching to refinery 29 if you're 23. Don't do that shit. No, 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 Wait, no, no, no. What's an eyeball shot? Oh, it's when you uh when you get a shot and you put it around your eye and tip your head back and it goes in your eyeball. What? Have, do, Y'all are on another, another level over there. Yeah, I'm just thinking how grateful I am that when I was still a drinker, nobody told me about this because I would have been doing that till four in the morning every night of my life. Oh yeah. Like it's, I mean, it's disgusting and I suspect possibly a little bit dangerous, but oh, yeah. there's, a, there's a possibility that the, British teenage life is slightly more feral than the American one. I think that's <laughs> what we're learning here. Yeah, we don't go yeah. feral until we're about about 23, a lot of us, or in college in some cases. Ah, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it like I think it depends where you like where you grew up because mm-hmm. I grew up in London and when I went to university, um, I met a lot of people from like either small towns or from the countryside who went absolutely mental. Um, and I was just a bit like, yeah, but we've been doing do this since we were like 14, 15 and it's kind of lost its, it's kind of lost its shine a little mm-hmm. bit. Shines off the apple on going yeah, feral like after you've done it. Sort of, sort of permanent burst blood vessel in one eye because of the eyeball shots. Um, that sounds like it hurts <laughs> like a motherfucker. Yeah, it, it, hurts, right? it hurts like a motherfucker. And also, uh, you shouldn't do it if you have contact lenses in, which I learned the hard way. Oh, no. no. Did it get stuck? That's happened to me Uh, before. It kind of of dried out the lens and like I thought it was like going to fuse to my eyeball. And so I... Like, so I took it out, but I'm, I'm extremely short sighted. So I could like only see through one eye for the rest of the night. Oh, you and me. Oh, you stayed out. Bitches. Yeah, you stayed out. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, I, 
course I stayed out. I was out. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. Obviously. Because then it's, it's the whole like, thing to go back and get more more of that fluid and put the thing back in again, your eye. If you, grow, if you grow up in London, then chances are if you're out, you're out like an hour away from your house. Yeah, yeah. I spent like 90 minutes like straightening my hair because that would have been oh, yeah. a little you straight. get more mileage out of, out of yeah, the do like, and the outfit and yeah. everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you don't need to see. You don't need to no. see. You don't I even mean, really, like, if there? you're going out getting shit-faced, I feel like... What's the point of seeing? You're you're with your friends. They can kind of walk you around, show you where the bathrooms are. Yeah. I mean, you're going towards not seeing at the end of the night anyway. Like you're going towards that sort of blurry effect. That's what you're aiming for, I think. Like honestly, you're putting vodka in your eye. Like what do you think is going to happen? Like if you you value your vision, you're not doing the eyeball shot in the first place. I mean, here we have like, um, like booting booze or like you know doing like a tampon soaked my ex-husband used to used to buff it straight yeah. up straight up the keister horrid straight, straight up the bum straight, yep straight uh, up the bum wow but like, so all right i'm having trouble visualizing the mechanics like a this. baby syringe is uh is the I tool see. of choice for people who do this regularly the kind of thing that you use to feed a baby like liquid food or medicine that it's not willing to eat you can also use that self-same mechanism to fill your asshole with treasures unknown all kinds of stuff (laughs) ketamine liquor adderall even you can make like a solution and that's what he would do and he would have me help to uh administer and i'm just now realizing how much i hated doing that you're not supposed to have to help somebody you know do drugs rectally that's not sickness mm. and in health. That's not what no. my wedding vows. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, if someone wants that in Listen. your wedding vows, that's a red flag yeah. to me. That's yeah, me. I agree. Yeah. Just thinking about that now. Fucking hell. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm really, I'm really sorry that happened. To you. That's, that's, that's like it sucks. That's like a, that's a really like that's a really horrible thing to have happen to someone. You've got eyeballs, and we've got assholes. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I just that's didn't want us to seem either. like complete losers, you know. We do <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah look, we, we put stuff up our bums. We're, we're doing it. We're doing the we're stuff. Doing we're doing things. something. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could remember how we got onto this, but I. Oh know. yeah. Um. So oh. you were talking about reading yeah. this millennial article. Oh, yeah. Reading this. Yeah, reading this article. Um. And the whole a whole point is that she is making in this article is that like representations of particularly kind of female friendship and female millennial life is something which has been kind of denied to the generation below. And she's just like, wouldn't it have been nice to have like well-paying jobs and to have been like able to get on the housing market? And I was just like, Bitch, what do you imagine happened in a little year called 2008? Like, we're the, like, we are the, we are the generation that are the last ones who have like worse quality of life than our parents. And the reason everyone hates us is because we've got to the age where we're like old and gross. And kids want to make fun of us for like our terrible jean shapes and our like the haircut that we still have. Like, you know, that, that shit, you know, the, the, the stuff that the stuff they're up to. 
but we haven't got like any of the kind of security and institutionalized stability that the generation above has. So it's like, so it doesn't matter if a teenager thinks my jeans look like shit because Oh, fuck I, it, have, I got a house. I have, yeah. Because I have no. job security in a house <laughs> and like can afford to have a child, etc. Yeah, um, all I have so, is my jeans. Yeah. 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 And fuck you, you little bitches. You all look <laughs> you all look st- stupid in your 80s French textbook jeans. So this is an article <laughs> by somebody from the generation younger than us talking yeah, up about how yeah. we didn't do, you know representation of a normal lifestyle well enough and all i can say is i couldn't agree more i would love to have a normal lifestyle with a house and you know more than ten dollars at any given time i would love more dollars that would be really nice but just like like the idea of like a 23 year old being like oh yeah like it's like a really nice like aspirational thing to watch like shows about women in their 30s house sharing it's like okay why do you think they're house sharing never mind why do you think that's (laughs) something that they're that they're doing is it is it think it think it through think it through yeah you're almost there i don't understand why she wants to watch shows or read books or whatever about people who are more stable than her. That's not good TV to me. That's not good reading. I like to read a book about a disastrous fuck up of a person. And the book is called like anal beads or something. (laughs) I mean, for example. (laughs) Yeah, for just one example. And from top to bottom, the whole book is them making a bigger and bigger wreck of their life. That's good reading. Yeah, exactly. That's what fiction is supposed to be. It's not supposed to make you feel bad about your own life. It's supposed to make you feel smug. Yeah. Yes. Have you ever read a little book called <laughs> fucking Portnoy's Complaints? That's like <laughs> one of the great books of American literature written by a guy from that generation where people had houses and cars and stuff. And yeah. the the book is just one fuck up after another. That's good reading. Yeah. yeah. All fiction should have like the kind of fundamental question like, what if this dislikable person was horny? That's what, yeah. to my <laughs> mind, that's what literature, literature should be. I, I mean, I don't want to be a bitch or anything, but I, I think that the chance of the young lady who wrote this article uh, having read Roth is it's slim to none. Because she's would, young. That's what I'm I saying. You're too young to be writing and publishing articles. When I was 23, I, I had a blog. I mean, that, that comes right back to my posting life. I had a sex blog. And thank God it is not archived on the internet anywhere. I've checked just to be safe because I'm 30 now. And looking back, I'm like, you know, I was, I was still a good writer. But that is not the kind of shit that I would be doing now. I was, I was young. I didn't know how to do the internal math that it takes to decide what I want published on the internet forever and what I don't. And I know that sounds insufferable if you're young listening to it come from someone older than you. I know that nobody is ever going to listen to me. But at the same time, you will get it one day. If you are 23 now thinking, well, that doesn't apply to me. I'm writing genius content. I'm sorry. You're not. You're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, that's like, that's like what it, what it comes down to. I th- and I think this is really interesting as well because generationally, because um, because right, you're 30, right? Amber, what's the, 34. what's the age? 34. Okay, so I'm like, 
but like but we're in the same kind of bracket mm-hmm. um do not contradict that i will i will kill myself <laughs> You're in my bracket. You're in my bracket. You're in the bracket. You're in the bracket. I thought you were like my age, literally. (laughs) Sorry? I thought you were the same age as me. Oh, well, that's very nice. Thank you. It's uh, (laughs) genetics. Um, Yeah. So, like, generationally, we're the the first generation who were, like, young when, like, digital culture and being, like, kind of internet literate like happen we didn't grow up with it we're not digital natives but we're definitely not like old and don't understand it and fear it and we didn't have much of a sense or certainly I didn't when I was kind of older teenager or in my early 20s what like real indelibility meant yes we were we were just throwing stuff out there I mean we could just throw stuff out there and it and it it did honestly get buried for us for a yeah. while at least. And now I think the younger generation is not, it's not uh, ever going to disappear. The stuff that they mm. put out there, like it'll be forever yeah. findable. Like I also had a blog racks um, and it was, I wrote very honestly, but not as self-aware as I would have liked. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I, I am glad that people could not find that blog. Um, And the the title of it was very funny, but I'm not going to say it because I'm afraid someone will be able to find it. (laughs) I mean, I think that also the, can you tell us off mic? Cause I kind of want to know. (laughs) I'll tell you off. Yeah. I mean, I think that also the, the younger generations, I hate starting sentences with the younger generations, but like, I think that they're, less anonymous generally online Mm -hmm. than we were told to be like you know my parents every time I booted up the computer which took about 10 minutes in the year 2002 they would remind me that uh inappropriate use of the internet would lead to be to me being kidnapped and murdered by a stranger Mm -hmm. and I was never to tell anyone my real name or any real details and so I and I think a lot of people my age tended to use the internet as like an anonymized false version of myself. I gave myself a yeah. fake name the way I did as a stripper too. And, you mm-hmm. know, fudged mm-hmm. all the details of my life so that I wasn't telling people where I really lived. And that's not as much the fashion anymore. I mean, people will adopt Ooh. different names, but they'll, their faces are on everything and whatnot. Mm. And that's something I, really interesting, uh, just like connecting that with like using a fake name as a stripper. It's also like, it's also the case that um, as like digital sex work becomes like kind of more common and more widespread, um, it fe- it feels to me like there is a lot less concern about security in that, like on like on that front, and how apparently incredibly easy it is to like dox young women through their OnlyFans, uh, which is like a very very different thing from working in a strip club and telling telling the guys a fake name because actually what can they do with that i mean i suppose like worst case scenario they follow you home but that's very very different to the like it's the indelibility yeah exactly it requires effort but like the the sheer like shareability of non-anonymized online sex work which i don't think is like i don't think is like discussed at all and i don't think it's um 
I don't think it's like thought about enough because the two lines of inquiry are like either this like corporate tech platform is a really good and empowering thing, which I think is an error in dis- mm-hmm. in like in discussion, or it's well they shouldn't do it anyway, and it's like no, no, yeah, but okay, but since they are, how about discussions about how about just treating it as a labor issue? And that these young women's work is causing them a serious security issue. I mean, if we want to talk about the the platform, like I agree with you, Phoebe, I think it's a real mistake to put your liberation eggs in the corporate basket. Like that platform is never going to take care of you. But at the hmm. same time, there's some really, I think that they're not doing some bare minimum stuff that they easily could be like this might have changed. Yeah. But last time I heard about OnlyFans security was because they don't even notify you when someone screenshots your photos on OnlyFans. Like there are apps that notify you every time someone tries to do that. And on OnlyFans, where the content is almost uniformly sensitive and paywalled, you'd think that that would be an immediate security concern for developers, yeah. but it's it's not. Does it not does it not notify you when a screenshot is taken? That seems to me like so basic. So basic. Very basic. And no, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, it, it also is like, I don't know, like anything out there right now. I, I think all of these tech companies request so much information from mm. users uh, in a way that they like they say they are doing it for security, basically, so that they can be sure that people are who they say they are. Um, but it's it's then it makes it very easy to dox people because you have like living in all of these sites, people's phone numbers, emails, like sometimes addresses, depending on like what you're using. Like if you're using like a email, uh, like a, like a MailChimp or something like Mm. that, you need like a physical address associated with it. Um, so it is, it makes it very easy to dox people. And on then like with OnlyFans, I mean, cam girls have been around forever, but we didn't have social media when we first, uh, when mm. cam girls were first around. They they've been around since the beginning of the internet, but like you didn't have to, um, you didn't have to promote yourself the same way. Mm. So now you have a OnlyFans, but then you have to take that and put it onto a larger platform of yeah. like Twitter in order to get an audience that is going to be make you be able to pay your rent. I mean, there used to be sex work specific platforms for that. And yeah, I'm sure there yeah. still are, but they keep getting, you know, taken down. There used to be Backpage and there used to be the erotic review. Yeah. That's the kind mm-hmm. of shit I used to use when I was still camming. I wouldn't advertise yeah. on straight social media because that was a fucking mm-hmm. death sentence. People would find me. Yeah. I would use the erotic review, which is now long gone and I mean, good riddance, frankly, because it was mostly a cesspool. But, you know, the stuff like that is all getting flattened into like there's no more, I guess, uh, sex work specific outlets that you can use Mm. for those sorts of purposes. You have to use the same Instagram and Twitter that people use for everything else. And it's, you know, those platforms are also very unfriendly to sex workers who get kicked off yeah. them all the time, shadow banned all the time. I didn't have to yeah. worry about that with the erotic review because that's what it was there for. Yeah. And it, 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 it seems to be set up 
uh, in such a way that it makes revenge porn so easy. Don't and, I know it? <laughs> which is yeah. just just terrible, like terrible. Do you like? Is this something you have an experience with, Rex? Yeah. So uh, there's a subreddit that is devoted to sharing like suggestive photos of of e girl type girls from Twitter and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I've appeared on there a number of times and some of the guys in there managed to dig up some super ancient nudes of mine that like my ex-husband had taken close to 10 years ago. And there's like videos and stuff and I have no idea how they found it. And it's not like, you know, I'm sitting around broken up about it or traumatized or whatever. I just, you know, it was intended as a violation and it's annoying that that stuff is just never going to die. Yeah. And again, like, and again, I think that if you if you've grown up in this atmosphere, like you, it's really difficult to to take a step back and and say like, what well, actually is this the way we want to be kind of functioning, like as a society and as a culture? Like, if someone like ang- if someone like angers me online, is like the immediate like impulse to start digging stuff up about them and like adding them to my like monitoring investigation and like snitching pile like it it, I think there's something about like the atmosphere of posting and like particularly on Twitter it sort of turns it turns everything into a kind of interactive like interactive reality tv which is like set up for your amusement for your enjoyment for your like revenge impulses but there's no like remove there's no filter because these are not like these are not reality tv stars who are being paid a huge amount of money and have like a kind of infrastructure of protection that rich and famous people have these are just like people Mm. they're just like people and like and i think that it's i think it's very thoughtlessly done like i think like like men who share their ex nudes or whatever that uh, they're obviously kind of doing it on purpose, but I think that the the men on like these subreddits, I don't think they would necessarily think of it as like, wait, hang on, this is a fucked up, fucked up thing to do to someone. Yeah, it's like this is this is a fucked up way to behave. I would not, I would not be happy like describing my behavior to somebody I respect. Right. I mean, it goes back to that old cliche of like, you know. Would you talk about your mother that way or your sister? Like, how would you feel if somebody else did? I always I feel thought like that some, was kind some of, of them would. Actually. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's a little bit of a facile thing to say, but it yeah. gets at something very real, which is the internet allows guys like that to have cover and to fly under the radar and to mm. give in to those impulses to violate and to to be cruel or to. Mm. Yeah, to violate without having to attach their names to it or their identities in any meaningful way. Like, as mm. as you said before, if somebody wants to follow me home from the strip club and home invade me, you can't do that without me knowing who you are. Like, you have to attach your personhood to that action mm. in a way that makes it inherently high stakes. The way that you can violate somebody on the Internet is about as low stakes as it gets. You don't even have to get off the toilet to do it. Mm. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, if someone is following you home from the strip club, they are still 
um, they still have an idea of who you are and in their head that is not like obviously you, but they, but they have to encounter you as a human being. Whereas when you, when you're encountered on Twitter, uh, which I, or social media in general, but especially Twitter, you are reduced to like such a, such a caricature, such a straw man, such like a simple, like broken down version of yourself that is only exactly representative of every person that they've ever hated in their life that has done this one similar thing that you have done. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's always funny to me that it's called social media because it is antisocial. Like the yeah. way that we interact, the way that it is like you constantly are thinking the worst possible thing about another human being. Like you automatically jump to like the most negative review of a person. It's super antisocial. It oh yeah, no, no, you're, you're completely right. Like, like it, it sort of got to a point as well where like the, the like particularly, particularly on Twitter, but like other, other kind of, posting arenas as well because the sort of linguistic modes are sub like subjected to such a kind of rapid erosion and rapid decay and so like something that you post in like june of a year is like extremely cringe in november of the same year so it means that anything which like remains true is very very difficult to express using those linguistic modes because it's very very difficult for people not just to be like yeah but we're not saying that anymore because that's cringe and if you have to like constantly innovate it means that you get further and further away from kind of core fundamental truths about how to kind of operate both as a society and as a culture and what is like appropriate or decent interrelational behavior Right. You just become like an atomized take machine, just trying yeah. to say the thing that's going to make the largest number of people pay attention to you in any given yeah. moment. None of it is none of it is real. I've been yeah. like trying to spend a lot less time on Twitter lately. And the effect I've mostly noticed is that when I was on Twitter, I would get so angry just, you know, as you're scrolling along, you see something horrible happens all day long. And I would get really angry about it, even if it was something I didn't really understand or something I had yeah. no sense of the context for. Mm -hmm. If I could tell from the tone of what somebody I trusted was saying that I was supposed to be angry, I would just mm -hmm. feel it basically unprompted by anything real. It's not, it's not pegged to anything in the real tangible world for me. I'm just feeling mm -hmm. a feeling like in space by itself. And I don't really do yeah. that anymore. Like the less time I spend on Twitter, the more that my thoughts and feelings have to be pegged to actual real world stimuli instead of just sitting there like yeah. generating takes in my head. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that like, especially also because Twitter is, um, it's, yeah, you're trying to be the most popular and that means you have to connect it to a feeling. I mean, anger is one of the easiest feelings to evoke. So it's going to be the one that you fall back on. Also, Twitter is like very humor focused, at least especially for me. I'm a comedian. So I think about like things and I'm like, okay, this needs to be like a funny way of saying this. And it 
that filter turns it into like a different thing. Like my family talks to me and they're like, um, they think I'm a different person on Twitter. They're like, Oh, I, my, okay. So we just had my, uh, bridal shower and it was really fun. There was like this quiz where they all answered questions about me and how they thought I would answer questions. And my cousin got a bunch of things wrong because she was like, Oh, I am. I'm sorry. I was thinking about the Twitter Amber. I wasn't, I was answering as what I thought Twitter Amber would answer, not what Amber or Amber would mm. answer. Um, and that's cause like in real life, I'm like a very like friendly, bubbly, uh, sweet person. And on Twitter, I'm making a lot of jokes and jokes. They don't, it's hard to, to joke and have that same, uh, sincerity although i try yeah. to but it's it's yeah. a really weird line to to walk yeah so it's it's gonna come out as like a little meaner than my mm. than my like day-to-day type of personality do you have do you have the experience of trying a joke out on someone in real life that would like absolutely like pop if you posted it and them just being like what yes i I do i have that experience but like it's um that's only like if i say something to someone one-on-one usually the things that i say on twitter that pop off if i also say them on stage they also pop off it's like that that connects but um because i think people understand in a certain situation when you're like on a stage there is a expectation of how you're going to hold yourself and twitter feels like that a little bit too you're but it's weird because every single person thinks they're the one on the stage. Like every single person is on the stage. Yeah. And that's um, weird. I don't know. I described it the other day as like, uh, I was like, okay, I know we're like, this is actually something I tweeted, but I was like, <laughs> we're, I know we're like social creatures, but I think I personally should be on the top of a mountain, like contemplating the universe. Mm-hmm. But Twitter feels like, I'm on top of the mountain contemplating the universe and then shouting my thoughts about the universe to another person <laughs> on another mountaintop across an infinite void. And then like trying to, and then I get so caught up in explaining myself or getting them to hear me that I can't mm. think my special thoughts about the universe anymore. Mm. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, no, but yeah, like it's, it's completely right. It's absolutely antithetical to having your thoughts about the universe and yeah. just sitting on your mountain. Like there's nothing worse <laughs> for the for the desire to sit on the mountain than like even like a glance at social media like and I've been trying to work this out because I've been thinking about this a lot and I've been trying to think if it was the same with myspace live journal tumblr like all like all of that stuff or whether it was or whether part of it is it is it's just so kind of immediate because it's in your phone you don't have to go onto the computer to look at it it's just like there all the time and mm-hmm. particularly like particularly something like twitter is like it's like such an effective prison because it because it it traps you and it institutionalizes you and you can always tell when you like watch a tv show uh by so, like that's been written by somebody who spends too much time on twitter because there are all of these like caveats to like every single discussion. It's like, this is not how people speak. This is simply, simply not how people speak. 
and it institutionalizes you into a very particular way of talking, a way of thinking that makes you like repulsive to like <laughs> like ninety percent like of the population. Like such a small percentage of the population is on Twitter, but still, what happens on it is like setting news agendas, and it's obviously like a site for billionaires to uh to kind of make their like make their bid for uh for like the mechanics of power like musk isn't Mm -hmm. trying to buy it because he thinks it would be like a kind of fun new toy he thinks it's a way of like accessing like like policy power and he's like he's probably like he's probably right He's not wrong. I mean, it's accessing policy power. It's affecting the stock market. It's like, it's a really, it's a powerful tool, unfortunately. It's it's a powerful tool. And everyone who's on it has a squished brain, I think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not you two. You both have. No, I do. You both have lovely brains. But I I don't know. I just like, I'm just like very aware of the fact that I was at a friend's party. I say a friend's party. I was at at my, a a friend of my boyfriend's birthday party. And I started talking to somebody there about John Hinckley. And did they, (laughs) did they, did they know what a massive neutral milk hotel fan John Hinckley is? And they were just like, okay, who's John Hinckley? And I was like, what? You don't know who John Hinckley is? (laughs) Okay, I was talking to I was talking to my fiance about this the other day because he's like online a lot, mm-hmm. and um, and I was saying how when I hang out with him and his friends, I sometimes feel like I speak a completely different language, mm-hmm. and I am in my head translating to English the things that they are saying, mm-hmm. um, and I often have to like look at my phone, look things up. Cause they are like just referencing, Oh my God, they reference Twitter accounts all the time. I don't, how can you do that? How can you do that? It's sick. I, I, it's sick. disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> Get rid of it. Yeah. And then, and then like, I sort of meet a kind of nice, normal person and like they watch a lot of like NCIS and I'm like, tell me about your life. Teach me how to live your life. It sounds much, it sounds, it sounds much, Nice. <laughs> I used to like discriminate against people on dating apps when I still used the dating apps. Mm. If they uh, sounded too normy in the way that they wrote their profile or whatever, like I would be on the lookout for people who talked in the voice of Twitter. You know what I mean? There's like a very particular, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess, lexicon that you adopt if you're very online. And that's what I was looking for. And then I realized... Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with me? This is such a profound act of self-sabotage, trying deliberately to spend time with more of the people that make me insane on the fucking internet. Why am I seeking it out for romance? Yeah. This is what I mean about it being like an extremely successful, extremely successful prison because it, it it does render you unable to function correctly and normally in in the outside world and it's not just like politics twitter like every single corner of twitter is like is not behaving quite right yeah and 
and I have a really, really good corrective for this because I, I have managed to get myself to a point where I basically don't post on Twitter at all. Like I don't, I don't say what I think about stuff in the main. I never get into arguments with people. I have a locked account and I know the line is supposed to be like, well, if you're not tough enough for online, then like get offline. And like, first of all, first of all, the like the self the biggest self-described shit posters are like people who would like burst into tears if like a delivery driver looked at them in the eye. That's right. Mm-hmm. Kick off. First of all, first of all, so jot that down. <laughs> like <laughs> second, it's like, okay, yeah, but if the assumption is now that people behave like absolute monstrous animals and not just monstrous animals like big fucking cops as well if that's how you just think is like well that's online then maybe it's time to reconsider and reconfigure how you what you think is normal and like what you think is like what you think is fine like particularly when you think about stuff like like stuff like fandoms and how like insane fandoms get and like when I was a teenager there was definitely such a thing as like insane fans but they Mm -hmm. didn't have like the kind of the access and that was like and I I have trouble thinking that it is just a question of scale because I just can't imagine like the like the Backstreet Boys super fan girls from school I can't imagine their response to like a bad review being like okay let's publish this woman's home address somewhere right. where we can somewhere that where it can yeah. where it can be found like right that level yeah. of access has opened up a whole new range of instincts that I think yeah. the vast majority of people just, just didn't, didn't have like, before just didn't have like I, like I remember like last month somebody as like I, I don't know what this was and I think it's just like I think it's like partially how the kind of the language and instincts of social justice if they get filtered through some like a, like a like a tech corporation which exists to make money it exists for monetary and also like just normal kind of like hard power that's what it that's what it exists for and if you try to kind of filter any sort of social justice language or even instinct through that it's it's gonna come out gross it's it's like it's 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 been contaminated by the insanity of the people involved and like the nature of the platforms as well and yeah it was um somebody had found the facebook like the personal facebook page of one of the dads whose whose kid was killed at that school oh jesus this picture's being like so uh, this guy is a gun guy and he uh, posted some like Kyle Rittenhouse's innocent memes. I remember like, that. Yeah, that kid's, that guy's kid just died. Yeah. Yeah, leave him. Yeah, that's so he asked for it. Is that what your intention so is? What fucking what? Yeah. So yeah. fucking what? So what? And like, like imagine and like the number of people defending it sort of saying like, well, actually it like it is relevant it's like what has happened to your sense of decency and your sense of community that you see 
okay, so this guy has just lost his child in the worst possible way you can imagine. I'm gonna find some dirt on this guy. Like right, why? He's got why skeletons is, in his closet? Like, yeah, like, like, oh, let's hope, let's hope he's a little bit of a hypocrite on the gun issue. No, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. And to me, it seems so obvious. Don't do that. But it's it's not obvious. And I think being exposed daily to the kinds of people who think that that's fine and like their every single thought and opinion about everything I think is yeah I think it's very I think it's very corrosive and it definitely it definitely makes me a lot less happy than I otherwise would be yep. and I know and I know this for a fact because my because uh, my partner is is extremely offline he he's like He's like, he's like, he's worked out that the mad, like the magic combo. He uses Instagram to watch, to watch cooking videos and mm-hmm. to like, like find pictures of like, like find like videos of like snow leopards and wolves and send them to me. Damn, you bagged one. Yeah. <laughs> you bagged an offline guy. And he, <laughs> and he uses Twitter for work because he has to, like, it's like he's, it doesn't, yeah. he doesn't have an option not to. And like. He's so, so good at like snapping me out of any kind of like anxiety spiral because he just goes like, just don't look at it. Mm. And I'm like, oh, oh, I can, that's an option. Yeah, <laughs> I can... yeah. that's usually the answer. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's always the answer. It's like, yeah. watch some TV, read a book, go for a walk. Once in a while, Sean will be like scrolling along his Twitter because he's, you know, I don't have an offline boyfriend. He's very online. And he'll just like look up from his phone and say something horrible to me. He'll like have read some headline that made him upset. And then he'll spread the love. He'll read the headline to me and be like, (laughs) did you know that this just happened? And I'm just like, well, I didn't. And I wouldn't have. Why'd you do that? Now I do. (laughs) Why'd you do that? Now now we're both mad. And neither of us can do anything about the fact that they just banned Jules in New York City. Like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Except be sad now. Why why do they do that? Uh, I mean, not even in New York City. In in the country, jewels are being banned now. That I, I don't know. The FDA is on some kind of crusade about it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just I saw this. I started watching this show recently. It's called Evil, and it is. Have you heard of it? It's, no. a, it's on Paramount. It's it's a it's like an X Files type uh, show, except for instead of like extraterrestrial stuff, it's about um, spiritual, like religious stuff, uh, demons and angels. Mm-hmm. And they're like, there's a criminal psychologist who's like, you know, this is science. Like a lot of stuff is in people's head. Like people like are having trouble and with like their dark self uh that's what's happening and then there's the priest who's like this is the devil like this is evil Mm -hmm. this is like uh what's happening and the as i'm watching this show it seems that the theory throughout all of it is that the internet is evil like Mm the okay the uh throughout it it just keeps on each episode it's like oh um internet games that that kids play like oh memes that get popular like it's like the they 
I I don't know if I believe in the idea of evil, but mm-hmm. sometimes when I read tweets, I'm like, yeah. oh, god oh, damn it, no, maybe, maybe Satan's evil. evil. <laughs> To tweet is an impulse that is firmly of the devil. I Definitely. that's just how it goes. That in Torah, not- I think there's probably something somewhere in in Aramaic or whatever that specifically says don't tweet. And the only reason yeah, that like, I don't like, listen is I can't read Aramaic. Like, de- like definitely in like one of those like twelfth century commentaries. There's 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 got to be something. There's everything in there. Yeah. <laughs> like th- okay, all right. Full disclosure here, I super believe in demons i believe in ghosts i believe in demons i believe in all kinds of all kinds of shit because like why not it like you know it it makes life go quicker uh-huh and i i am i am so persuaded by the idea of like maybe not the internet per se because i still am very probably foolishly and probably naively i still think that there is a way and a possible way of like reimagining that kind of at scale infrastructure to be like for the people and not controlled by tech barons. Like I, I keep I going still, back to it too. Yes. Yeah, I, I am also, I, still, I also I, am a believer I, in I still, that. I, yeah. I want yeah, it to be like, true. <laughs> like I'm, I'm very far from being a tech utopianist, but like I'm, I, how can this like networking capacity exist and there not be some good use for it? And there not right. be some like kind of, uh, communitarian and the kind of social value like i mean like even like just like talking about like talking about twitter like i because i complain about it all the time and i have a podcast about how it sucks um but like also like i i would say like a good 90 percent of my closest friends i met through twitter in the first place yeah i i met my boyfriend through twitter um <laughs> i ha- the reason i have like my quite pleasant two jobs both both of them are things that I got through Twitter. So what I, I think I am, I think I'm a ladder puller upper. So like it did the stuff yeah. for me <laughs> and now it should now they should like set fire to the service because we're done here. It's all the good it can do has been <laughs> has been done. But like I could fully believe that like that that TikTok is is like a demonic manifest manifestation. Like I I'd fully persuaded of that amber's giving me like a very polite look and it's really similar to the look it's really similar to the look that i got when i was talking about john ingley you think tiktok is a demonic uh platform like tiktok is like just like just like an example just because like i I, i've now brought this up on this show i think four times but it's just something just like really really stuck with me Uh, because i read an article about uh like like the burnout suffered by teenage TikTokers because which is happening much quicker than it used to with like teen YouTubers and teen bloggers. And there's like a kind of interesting accelerated process of like, of like personal breakdown and decay that seems to be happening with these, with these young people. And I think like, obviously part of it is like the sheer discoverability and exposability of it. Yeah. Um, TikTok is very uh, easy to go viral on. It really only takes getting lucky one time in like a week of using it. And yeah, the exposure comes so much faster. And then you have to keep like reproducing that if you ever want it 
to be kind of worth your time in a kind of economic way which again not like everyone wants it to be but like they definitely they definitely like pitch it as something where that is a possibility and Mm -hmm. and there's also this kind of I think quite dishonest uh, idea that it's like it's very democratized because all of all of the the tech tools are just so easy and so intuitive and they're the kinds of things that in the past you would need a kind of qualification pretty much to be able to make videos I would agree but I have you ever edited a video on TikTok it's not that easy it's really not yeah it took me like an hour to do a 10 second video and all the video was was like pictures of John Turturro People tell <laughs> amazing. People tell me that it's easy. I once tried to do it and then like got like bored through a tantrum, threw my phone across the room mm-hmm. and then and then stopped. But I just assumed that that was just like me being dumb. No, it's not okay. you being dumb. Maybe uh, the three of us are dumb. Maybe. Well, that's, okay. a possibility. Well, that's a possibility. But I've heard from other people too. So at least like 10 people are dumb. Okay, And fine. Uh, okay. the user well, experience I'm, I'm is that. not I'm, I'm happy with that. If, <laughs> uh, at but least maybe, like maybe it's just it. a, it's not made for our brains. Maybe it's yeah. made for Zoomers' brains and they, yeah, to them, it's like, oh yeah, we know how to, this user experience makes sense to us. But yeah. to me, I'm like, oh. Yeah, maybe, like, maybe that, that, could be, that could be what it is. But I think it also is, I think it's a bit of a red herring because the people who are successful on these kinds of platforms to and by successful I mean are able to make money out of it it collapses a, along the same lines as like every other creative industry always has done like it still collapses along kind of like body type along race like i mm-hmm. strongly suspect along class even though like kind of mm-hmm. pretend that it's like oh yeah this is the platform where working class kids can get famous it's like no no it's not that's just simply not true um again back to the time it takes to edit a video sorry it takes uh, that yeah. time is a luxury like having that amount of time to yeah. spend on making content is means yeah. you are likely of a certain class well yeah exactly like there's a <laughs> there's a uh there's a kind of fun little tendency in the UK to kind of uh, bully people out of criticisms of the influencer economy by being like, oh, so you don't like seeing working class girls con- succeeding? Shut, like, shut the up. fuck shut up. up. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Shut your fuck shut up. up. Shut your fucking face. Like, get seriously. get the fuck out of my face with that insane <laughs> yeah. analysis. Yeah, do, I'm so yeah, do sick not of hearing people me. say shit like that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but actually, Twitter is really good, and you can't say otherwise because you had a book come out, so you already like. That's how I fucking know. That's how I know what it does to your brain is because I have to use not it a, to have not a career. A book of my tweets, bitch. Yeah, get the <laughs> fuck out of my face and shut the fuck up and never fucking speak again. I'm so sick of people using that yeah. spurious logic. It's it's, it's the other way true. around. You yeah. can get lucky. If you don't have the same resources that it usually takes, you can get lucky on social media. But that dream is what you are being sold so that you keep hacking away at it, trying and trying and getting nowhere and wondering what's wrong with you. What's wrong with you is that you didn't get lucky. So don't fucking come in my face with that bullshit. Yeah. Saying saying that influencers are like, sorry, uh, saying that influencers are like, like if, that response is like saying um, that 
saying social media is good because working class women can make a living off of it is like saying the Hunger Games is good. Because one person wins. Like, because one person wins like, and they're working wins. class. Someone wins. Good. That's so true. That's so smart. That's such a good analogy. I'm going to say that every day of my life, like into the mirror when I wake up. The Hunger yeah. Games isn't good because one person wins. That's how I start my day now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and in this in this article about teenage TikTok burnout, there was this bit, just like really throwaway paragraph. And it's like, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it, which is why I keep bringing it up. But it's, it said like, so like, obviously like teenage girls have to like, uh, kind of work out a way of like kind of getting used to people kind of commenting on their appearance and commenting on their bodies. And they have to get used to like dealing with like rape and death threats. And I'm like, wait, no, hang on. You have to get used to Hang it. Hang the fuck on. I think we shouldn't get used to it ever. I yeah. <laughs> I think we shouldn't get used to that. I think we shouldn't just be like so air like airily unconcerned about the idea that teenage girls should just expect to receive rape threats if they're making fun little dumb videos on TikTok. I just saw a horrible, horrible thing yesterday, and I'm going to share the love. Um, No, Sean. (laughs) I want to hear about the jewel ban again. Okay, but it's about social media being evil. It's relevant. Um, Okay, so apparently in the metaverse, um, people are being sexually assaulted. Oh, People are being sexually assaulted in the metaverse. Yeah, it's a real problem, and there's, like, no laws or, like, protection against it. Like, their, like, avatars are being attacked, and it's not, you know, obviously you're not physically there, and you could, I suppose, walk away, but still you're like, that's, what? That's so fucked up. And, like, your handle, your, like, controller, like, it reacts to, like, things that happen in the metaverse, so, like, so your, hand, your controller will like vibrate. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is the stuff of fucking yeah. nightmares. Yeah, it's that really is awful. Genuinely, the stuff of nightmares. Do you see what I mean about like being persuaded about demons? Yes, yeah. I do. No, I get it. This is... I think Amber probably also believes in demons. If I know my Amber, I yeah, <laughs> ah, there she is. <laughs> yeah, there no, she is. I mean, I do. I do. I believe there's. You know, the universe is so large. But who knows? Yeah. Uh, Exactly. And I also have seen there, a ghost. There are so, in it, so why wouldn't yeah. there be demons? Yeah. Exactly. I just think I'm not they're a like scientist. some. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I'll leave that to the clowns in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> There's some entity. I don't know if I would call it demons. It could be another parallel universe, and then it like crosses over into our universe a little mm-hmm. bit sometimes. Or I think it's goblins. Um, goblins. Yeah. But I like goblins. Goblins, goblins are yeah. nice. Goblins are like friendly little mischievous fellas okay maybe not goblins Rox is saying no, no I, now that I think about it, i'm like oh well goblins are kind of the same as jews and a lot of representations so i don't know that i want to put mm. that back into the world it's something i feel, like, I feel like we should i feel like we should reclaim that maybe it's like goblins? yeah i'm a goblin yeah i'm a goblin yeah, i do run the banks all yeah. the banks yeah. <laughs> that's why that's why i that's why i'm mired in the content economy because i just got bored i just got bored of like just like dancing on my piles of money and mm. just you know just I, 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 yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. 
when you said you run the banks, I, for some reason, thought riverbanks. And I just imagined you, like, frolicking on riverbanks. <laughs> like a goblin. Like a goblin. Why yeah. do you think we called them the banks in the first place? Because <laughs> Oh, my God. It goes all the way to the top. <laughs> we're, the, we're the river goblins yeah. originally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, no. This, this is this is fine. <laughs> this is a fine <laughs> conversation. Um, and I'm very happy with where it's going. Yeah, no, I just... I would just fully believe, I mean, I think one of the, one of the stories that one of the kind of the posting stories that made me just really believe in the idea of like, maybe not even like kind of like demons per se, but a kind of inhabiting demonic energy uh, was, I don't know if you, I don't guys remember this, but um, when there was that terrible shooting at the, uh, the mosque in New Zealand, the guys yeah, uh, live live streamed it on Facebook. That, that, I, I know you remember yeah. the shooting, but I just wasn't sure if you I remember, remember that. The, also, the yeah, I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't know if either of you have ever been to uh, a Facebook office anywhere where they might be, but Facebook offices are uh, children's playpens, uh, which are set up with like all this like all this shit which is just to stop them from unionizing like that's literally <laughs> what it is it's just like oh, it's yeah. just like it's just a building full of like full of bribes yeah um, yes. pool table like, yeah yeah and Start again up. like it's just such like it's so interesting as well there's like, such limited imaginative force to it that like the best they can come up with is ping pong table yeah people like ping pong and it's just like you have, Hold brew on tap. you have the you have the power to like significantly reimagine what people's working lives are going to look like, and you also have like the ear of policymakers. So you could do that. You could make that happen. But no, instead you build sleeping pods in your office and put like kind of big foam shapes and like bean bags and stuff. And there's like a kind what? of there's a wall which you can write on. Oh my god! And I just had this—I just had this vision of because all the meeting rooms are like this. They all have the bean bags and the kind of the big kind of like fuzzy cubes, like those kind of Sesame Street. Sounds like a therapy office of a therapist who doesn't care that much about doing therapy. Yeah, he just stocks the building with crap. Which just yeah, just crap. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I just had this vision of them having a kind of emergency meeting with everyone looking really grim and really miserable perched on their light purple cubes. <laughs> and that to me is persuasive of something like very far from God. Yeah. There's something mm. really distinctly evil seeming about like the frivolity of basically yes. every tech environment. They're just designed yes. to seem as fun and frivolous as possible. And then that juxtaposed with the sort of evil that those offices exist to further. Like the whole point of all these apps is trying to get away with as much stuff as possible, having to submit to as little oversight as possible, having to have as few standards as possible so they don't have to work so hard to moderate content or whatever. That whole combination of things just makes me want to take a walk on into the ocean. I have no more business on land. I There's nothing for me here because I am tethered to one of those fucking apps. That's the reason I have my career. I have to stay on there. 
and yeah. think about that. <laughs> exactly. And like, and this is the thing: we are their human batteries. Like they are, they are frameworks, and they have to be populated with the stuff that we plug into them. And we can't stop doing it because it's su- because it has such effective institutionalization and kind of and almost like. I'd call it radicalization, but I don't think it is. It's like anti-radicalization. It kind of produces yeah. this kind of hopeless torpor. Yeah, exactly. In all of its users, even if they think they're like quite politically engaged and interested in organizing, etc. Because every post is presented as like, this is the apocalypse as I see it in yeah. 200 some odd characters. And it's of a scale that you, the reader of this post, can do nothing about it. And it's information that you just have to absorb into all the other information about the apocalypse that you've been reading all day on your feed. And it's like, yeah, it it produces this feeling of like, well, there's nothing I can do. Even when there's a post like, you know, if it's a fundraiser for someone's surgery or whatever, I'll see stuff like that and have this moment of like, well, there's nothing I can do about that. And then be like, wait, this is something where there is something I can do. I can throw this person some money. That's easy peasy. But that's just yeah. the way I react to every fucking post now. It's like, well, like, this is just, one more thing. I can't do anything can I about it. Can, can I do like something? Like it just oh it feels like it feels like I, I can't do anything, but what I can do is just absorb this information at significant disbenefit to myself and my mental well-being, which is obviously obviously I understand because I am not insane and I'm not stupid. I understand is like so far down the list of like global problems, but it's also the only one I have any control and management over. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's the one that like, bo- like bothers me like it like instantaneously. Yeah, it's true. You know, the reason why a lot of Starbucks uh, startups and like, um, like Facebook or tech companies have all that like fancy stuff inside their, offices mm. all the like toys and whatnot i wouldn't even call it fancy all the frivolous stuff yeah, it's, other toys. Offices. it's literally it's, toys <laughs> they like they a lot of them they're startups so they have to work to be sold and they can buy these things and they're like one-time purchases rather than paying workers more money mm-hmm. uh in which case that would like raise the how much it costs to run the company. So when they are selling it, they can say it costs a lot less uh, and you can pay workers a lot oh. less. And yeah, it's... um well, fun. Yeah. Bummer. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, <laughs> I used to work for one of those companies. It yeah. did get bought. Yeah. Oh, good for them. Muscle tough. Yeah, good for them, except I did not have stock options and... I did argue for them and I did try to start a little mini union. It didn't work um, because, you know, they had such a good hold on us. It sucked. Yeah, it sucks. Although like uh, in the UK at the moment, uh, there's like quite a lot of unionization stuff cutting through, which is really, like, I, I know that there'll be like something will happen tomorrow. There'll be like, There'll be like some kind of concerted media effort to like stamp it out as quickly as possible. But I'm just briefly hopeful and positive. How's the rail strike going? It's still ongoing, right? Well, we've still got the rail strike today, um, but mainly the uh, 
uh, the main guy from the from the RMT is this guy called Mick Lynch, who is like people are like it's so offensive. Like people are kind of behaving like it's incredible that he is like articulate and clear and considered. Um, like they expected him to be like kind of dragging his knuckles across the floor and being like, train me like train, me drive train, me drive train, me like train. Yeah, that's yeah, and like because like everyone has like got this kind of perpetual idea of like the kind of the absolute organizing principle of politics is like comms and messaging, and that is because, well, for a number for a number of reasons, but he is. He's not interested in being part of the media ecosystem and he's not interested in that as a job trajectory. What he's interested in is um, representing to the best of his ability the members of his union. And he like he's 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 obviously had like proper like proper media training and he is like very, very used to uh, making his case as because the RMT is a militant union. Um <laughs> A friend of mine makes this point about the RMT being a militant union and a bunch of fucking men start correcting her and saying like, uh, we shouldn't be using like right wing terminology. Like, why are you calling them militant? It's like, okay, first of all, a militant union has a technical and like correct, like correct left wing meaning. Second, you know what she means? So shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah, you just want to say, you want to talk down to a girl. Yeah. I, I know yeah, you this want to. Yeah, exactly. It's literally all it is. And like one person's just like, like, like starts like adding her like, well, actually uh, more than one person, more than, more than one man, they're all men, Um, started like adding her, suggesting kind of different, like different adjectives to use. And Suck like, my dick from the back. Oh my god. Yeah, like but like one of them was like, why say militant? Why not based? And it's just like, okay, again. Based? Oh my god. Based. Oh. Based. No. Based. <laughs> and that guy can bench all of nine pounds. So you better listen uh, like, to him. Like this is the thing. Like, obviously, like we don't wanna like we don't wanna get toxic masculinity on the tarts only podcast obviously however <laughs> however if any one of these men like met a kind of old style union man burst into tears on the spot absolutely on the on the spot like what are you talking about don't say militant say based like trying to explain the word based to a man who works with his hands for a living yeah, is something like, just, oh no God. one you're should just, ever fucking you're just do not you're just not gonna do it and you shouldn't do it no like you know this like my my mother has a term that she likes to use for this kind of behavior is it and based? she calls it she calls it breastfed behavior because she says there's like a certain kind of man who's still like a bit breastfeedy <laughs> Yeah, I know the type. <laughs> and she does like a she does like a face to go along with this term, which is just like her just going like around. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the first time she said this, I was like, "Please never say this again." But then I started. It's an apt term. It's an apt. It's an apt term. She knows what she's talking about. Uh, I just like I suddenly realized that we have been going for like an hour and a half. And we've literally just chatted, but that's fine. That's fine by me. Um, we talked I, about posts in between exactly. things. Yeah. We talked about posting. We used it yeah. as a we used it as a 
as a framing device. And that's all that anyone can ask of us because <laughs> we're, because we're just girls and we get distracted very easily by bright colors, shiny oh, things right. like mm-hmm. demons yes. manifesting themselves as shiny <laughs> things, etc. Things of that things of that nature. But I think I will I will draw this to a close because I want to let you get both on with your days. Um, mm-hmm. But before I do, do you have anything that you would like to plug to our loyal hogs? Oh my god! Again, I'm just like and Aaron. Sorry, <laughs> no, it's it's we're both being so polite. Yeah, uh, please <laughs> listen to our podcast, Low Culture Boil. Amber and I host it together. Every week we talk about some fun, new, overlooked aspect of trash culture. This week we talked about bimbos and we talked about Mary-Kate and Ashley's 90s content. So uh, it's a real fun podcast. Uh, You can give us money at patreon.com slash lowcultureboil. And that's it for me. I don't know. You can buy my book if you want. You don't have to. Buy Rax's you should buy book. Rax's book. Buy Rax's yeah. book. It's very good. It's called Tacky. It's very good. Thanks. Um, and that's that's all I had to plug as well. I would say if you're in LA, I have comedy shows, but I don't know if any of the listeners are in Los Angeles. No, no I think. But I if think they are, are I have a I have two com two like monthly comedy shows. One of them is called Hotsy Totsy. It's at a bar in uh, the West in West Hollywood called Harlow. And the other one is called Who Let the Dogs Out? And it's outdoors at El Cid on their back patio in Silver Lake. And I co-host it with my dog. Uh, but yeah. Boris <laughs> carries that show, let's be honest. Boris, Boris is the star. I'm his sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> so is so is Boris like a like a prop comic or <laughs> uh, yes, Boris is a prop comic. Yeah. He works um, very blue. Yeah, so uh, like yeah, you'd be surprised. Hockey, but in a... <laughs> You'd be surprised how dirty he gets. You're like, oh my God, really? Oh my God, come on. With the no. lipstick again. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, oh. if you are in LA, please do, please do check that out. And, oh, and yeah, if you're in New York, I mean, if we're doing local events, if you're in New York, please come to my reading series. Next installment is on July 29th. Uh, it's called Girl City. I host it out of No Aloha in Bushwick. And last one was really super fun. We we all got very fucked up, danced to 2000 songs, read some poems, wore some slutty outfits. It's probably going to be very similar this time. We have uh, Raven Leilani, Davy Davis, Darcy Wilder, Larissa Pham, and Delia Sai all reading. So please come. That sounds great. I wish I was in New York. <laughs> please come. Uh, you can sleep on my sofa and hang out with my dog. <laughs> actually sounds really good i might take you up on that <laughs> at some point um so yeah it remains only for me to thank rax and amber thank you so much for chatting with me thank you, were, you. it's been really were, fun you were a delight um <laughs> listeners uh while we're on while we're on uh, the subject of patreon thank you very much for giving us your money uh if if you want to know what we kind of spend the money on like just be clear that that's really none of your business. Um, <laughs> it, it goes on like our bills and also me setting up my demonology church. So, <laughs> and that's got a lot of, lot of overheads. 
Um, yeah, this show is produced by Devon. You can follow them at Devon underscore on Earth and you can listen to their uh, James Bond podcast, Kill James Bond. You can listen to me and Milo Edwards' Seinfeld podcast, which is Masters of Our Domain. And uh, you can look forward to hearing from Hussein again when he gets back from his honeymoon. Okie dokie, that's it from me. Bye-bye. Hey. Bye. Bye.